Thanks for joining me and giving me some of your time this evening as we go over five of the most horrifying alien encounters. If you're new, please drop a sub as I am aiming to hit 1000 before my birthday at the start of December. Anyway, that's enough plugging myself. Let's begin. Number 1 in 1976, four friends in their early 20s went camping in rural Maine. On the second night, they noticed a very bright light, but nothing more. On the third night, they decided to try night fishing. In the canoe, they noticed the bright light again. One of the men used a flashlight to flashlight in an SOS pattern at the light. The light then expanded and enveloped all four men. That's the last thing they remember. They woke up back at their campsite with no recollection of what ended up happening with the light or how they got off the water. The fire they'd stoked up before they left just minutes ago, intending it to still be burning when they returned, was completely burned down to embers. Jack Weiner, who was one of those friends, was the first to start having nightmares. In these dreams, he saw beings with long necks and large heads. He saw the beings examining his arm while Jim, Chuck and Charlie sat on a nearby bench, not able to intervene. The beings had large metallic glowing eyes with no lids, and their hands were insect-like. With four fingers, the other three men were experiencing very similar dreams, with short mental clips of that night on the lake. In 1988, out of curiosity, Jim Weiner attended a UFO conference hosted by Raymond Fowler. Weiner met Fowler afterwards and related his strange encounter. The investigator was excited about Jim's story, especially the fact that it was a multiple witness occurrence. Fowler suggested to Jim that he and the others undergo regressive hypnosis. After the session, it was revealed that all four of the men had memories of being abducted and subjected to humiliating physical examinations, including the taking of skin and fluid samples. The description of the aliens was consistent. The four men, being artists, were able to make detailed sketches of the entities, the craft, and the examining instruments. Chuck Rack added that the alien's test area was similar to a vet's office, with a silvery table. He also related a strange fact. He had much difficulty in focusing on the aliens. When he tried, he could not put an exact image to them. He compared it to trying to tune in a fuzzy radio station. After the psychiatric examinations, all four of the men were deemed to be mentally stable and they all passed lie detector tests. Number 2 In 1961, a married couple, both normal by all accounts and leaders in their community, were driving home from vacation at Niagara Falls when they saw what they thought was a falling star, but it moved around in the sky and began to grow bigger. They decided to drive slowly along the road and follow the light as it grew closer to them in the sky, eventually stopping in the middle of the highway as the object hovered only 80 to 100 feet from them. 
At this point, Barney Hill commits a horror movie no-no and gets out of the car to get a closer look. After seeing a craft with 8 to 11 humanoid creatures in black uniforms on it, he screamed, they're going to capture us, and ran back to the car and the couple drove home. A trip that should have taken three hours mysteriously took seven. The hills could not account for the missing time. Additionally, a lot of other strange things happened, leading them to conclude they had been abducted. Arriving home at about dawn, the hills assert that they had some odd sensations and impulses they could not really explain. Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door, rather than in the main part of the house. Their watches would never run again. Barney noted the leather strap from the binoculars was torn, though he could not recall it tearing. The toes of his best dress shoes were inexplicably scraped. Barney says he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, though he found nothing unusual. They took long showers to remove possible contamination and each drew a picture of what they had observed. The drawings were strikingly similar. Perplexed, the Hills say they tried to reconstruct the chronology of events as they witnessed the UFO and drove home, but immediately after they heard the buzzing sound, their memories became incomplete and fragmented. They vaguely recall a luminous moon shape sitting on the road. Barney recalled saying, Oh no, not again. Betty thought Barney had taken a sharp left turn off Route 3. After sleeping for a few hours, Betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothes she had worn during the drive into her closet, observing that the dress was torn at the hem, zipper and lining. Later, when she retrieved the items from her closet, she noted a pinkish powder on her dress. She hung the dress on her clothesline and the pink powder blew away, but the dress was irreparably damaged. She threw it away, but then changed her mind, retrieving the dress and hanging it in her closet. Over the years, five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analysis on the dress. They were shiny, concentric circles on their car's trunk that had not been there previous day. Betty and Barney experimented with a compass, noting that when they moved it all close to the spots, the needle would whirl rapidly. But when they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots, it would drop down. Number 3 Robert Taylor was a forestry worker in Livingston, Scotland. He was headed to work in the woods in 1979 when he turned a corner and saw a UFO parked in a field. All at once, two small spheres came from the object. They made a sound as their spikes moved over the earth. They came to a stop beside him, grabbing his trousers and began to drag him back to the UFO. The spiked objects were very similar to the UFO, only smaller. Taylor could smell a strong, sickening odour and he lost consciousness. When he did regain consciousness, the spheres were gone, but his red setter was still there. The dog was panicking, running around and barking. Taylor tried to calm him down, but found that his voice was gone. He was very weak, and when he tried to stand, he couldn't. He crawled for a time until he was able to stand again, 
Yi finally made it back to his pickup truck and tried to radio his work headquarters via his two-way but still could not speak. Attempting to drive his truck back home, he got stuck in the mud so he started a long walk of about a mile back to his house. He arrived at 11.45am. His wife phoned the police once he got home, remarking that he looked terrible. The police began an investigation, having no true explanation for the bizarre tracks left in the scene of the UFO. No aircraft, civilian or military was scheduled to be in the area according to comprehensive flight logs. Number 4 Travis Walton was one of seven men working in a forestry team in Snowflake, Arizona. When heading home from work one night, the team spied a blindingly bright light. Thinking it was a crashed plane, they drove over to the craft. What they saw, however, did not look like any plane. Walton jumped out of the truck to get a closer look at the craft. Suddenly, a bright light shot from the UFO and sent Walton floating into the UFO. The remaining six crew members panicked and drove away from the scene to get help. About 7.30pm, one of the crew members called the police. Deputy Sheriff Chuck Elson answered the telephone. The crew member initially reported only that one of the logging crew was missing. Elson then met the crew at a shopping centre. They related the tale to him, while the men distraught, two of them in tears. And though he was somewhat sceptical of the fanatic account... Ellison would later reflect that if they were acting, they were awfully good at it. After an initial scan of the area showed no evidence of a UFO, the police began to suspect the men were using the story to cover up the fact that they simply murdered Walton. However, over the next few days, all six loggers were subjected to intense interrogations and polygraphs, and their stories seemed to hold up. That's when Walton suddenly reappeared. Thinking he had only been gone for a few hours, Walton retold parts of the story he could. He said he was interrogated by three creatures with bald heads and huge eyes. He apparently encountered many different creatures on the craft who performed experiments on him. Many people were sceptical of this story, but Walton and all the other loggers maintained their stories. Number 5 I was travelling back home with my mum from my aunt's house on a warm, sunny afternoon. While I was sitting in the passenger seat, an object just appeared in the sky a little to our left. We both saw it immediately. The size of it was shocking more than anything. It had the classic saucer shape and was shining brightly because the sun was reflecting off of it. We continued driving down the road a few seconds, just admiring this craft when all of a sudden we saw something I still don't believe to this day. It just vanishes, disintegrates, disappears, whatever you want to call it. I looked back at my mum and I could tell by her expression she had seen the same thing. Since the sighting, I have always been interested in UFOs and the possibility of other life in our universe. The object in the sky was definitely not a helicopter, aeroplane or a flock of geese. My mum and I still talk about the sighting we had and can't come up with a reasonable explanation as to what we saw that day. This is my UFO story.
and it is not a hoax or fabrication. Everyone else always laughs at me when I tell this story, but that's fine. I know what I saw. So, that does it for our five most horrifying alien encounters. If you enjoy these kind of stories, please let me know in the comments and I'll do more in the future. Thank you all for listening. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.